if you're new to this whole world of baby led weaning and starting solid foods, you might still be on the fence as to whether this approach is going to work for you. And if that's the case, I want to send you my free feeding guide called Will Baby Led Weaning Work for My Baby? This is a guide that contains a decision tree map that you can work your way through to determine if this is the right approach for you guys and then when it's time to start. Grab your copy of Will Baby Led Weaning Work for My Baby on my website at babyledweaning.co slash resources. I was doing my breakfast dishes this morning, turned the garbage disposal on, and then heard that terrible noise when you know something is in the disposal, but like you can totally tell the damage has already been done. Sure enough, it was an easy peasy tiny spoon, totally shredded, which if I've learned anything about these baby lead weaning spoons from Easy Peasy is that the garbage disposal and the dog both love them. And I was bummed because it's one of my favorite colors that they make, the light gray line, which is called pewter. But my garbage disposal disaster, I guess it came at just the right time because Easy Peasy is having their annual Mother's Day sale from this Friday to Sunday, so May 10th to 12th. You can get 20% off all of the Easy Peasy feeding gear with the affiliate discount code BLWMOM on orders of $50 or more. So this is a great time to stock up at 20% off because my regular Easy Peasy code is usually only for 10% off. So this bump up to 20% off is nice, but it's just for three days. So head to easypeasyfun.com to grab tiny spoons, their tiny cups, and the best suction mats and bowls for baby lead weaning. They have a really cool new bundle maker on their website if you want to group or piece a few items together or If you just don't want to think about it, then just grab one of the Easy Peasy First Foods sets. It has everything you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods with baby led weaning. That code is BLWMOM for 20% off Easy Peasy orders of $50 or more now through Sunday, May 12th at easypeasyfun.com. And happy Mother's Day to you. And babies can eat so many more foods than we give them credit for, right? It's why my whole 100 First Foods approach is about introducing five new foods per week for your baby. A new fruit, a new vegetable, a new starch, a protein, and then one of the allergenic foods. Today, I'm going to walk you through five of those foods. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby-led weaning. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Baby-Led Weaning Made Easy podcast. We are doing Chopped today. You guys gave me the idea of doing a Chopped style episode a while back on episode number 59. We did Chopped BLW edition part one. Someone had written in review on Apple Podcasts. That's where I get all of my episode ideas from. Hey, you should do Chopped. I did it, but I only got through five foods. So I picked five extra foods from the list of foods you guys sent me for today's episode. And the way I picked it is I'm going to highlight, this is kind of the same outline that I do in my five-step feeding framework, which is for my 100 First Foods program. I do five new foods a week, a new fruit, a new vegetable, a new grain or starch food, a new protein, and then a new challenge food. So the challenge food is always one of the allergenic foods or a trickier texture, more complex flavor profile. So from the whole list of foods I got, I picked five foods, a fruit. So we're going to do apple today, a vegetable. I'm going to show you how to make butternut squash safely. Teff is going to be the starch because you always got to get a kind of wacky whole grain in there for your baby to learn how to eat. We're going to do pork as the protein. And then I'm going to talk about shellfish as the allergenic food to introduce. So if you guys are interested in learning about 95 other foods, 
that you can safely introduce your baby to, my digital program, The 100 First Foods Field Guide that I co-teach with Don Winkleman, who's a speech language pathologist, and she specializes in pediatric swallowing and baby led weaning. We teach this program together. 100 First Foods Field Guide is open for enrollment right now. It's only open until October 18th of 2020, though. So go to 100firstfoods.com to check it out. If you're listening to this before that date, would love to have you in our small group to help you push your baby's palate to 100 First Foods. Dawn and I do a live Q&A every single week inside of our group during the eight weeks of the program. So if you have any questions that you want to ask to two different baby-led weaning experts, we are there for you inside of this program. And we're showing you how to safely choose, so select, prepare, and offer your baby a hundred different baby-led weaning foods with the focus on safety. So let's go ahead and get started. We're going to do chopped BLW edition part two. As I like to do with every mini training episode, I want to start out with the baby-led weaning tip of the day. And I mentioned that we're going to be doing apples today. Tip of the day, do not feed your baby raw apples. Raw apples are one of the most frequently cited foods that are choking hazards for babies and even for toddlers as well. So if you look at the baby-led weaning research, if you look at pediatric emergency department admission data for non-fatal choking in children and infants, you will see apples listed very frequently. So you guys know not to feed your babies hot dogs and coin shapes and obviously don't give them hard candy, but apples are an area where parents think, oh, apples are healthy. I'll feed them to my baby. Not so. Hang tight. In today's episode, I'm going to explain to you how you can make apples safe for baby-led weaning, but please know we don't do that by serving babies raw apples. Now, before I jump into the five foods for the chopped edition, I want to remind you that most babies who start solid foods, if they don't do baby-led weaning, let's say they're doing traditional spoon feeding where the parents are driving the spoon with a couple of different purees, those babies, by the time they reach the age of one, they generally only have about 10 or 15 foods under their belt. And that's okay but your baby can certainly eat significantly more foods than that. And the reasons why I created the whole 100 First Foods program is because we know that babies who are exposed to the greatest variety of foods and flavors and tastes and textures early and often, those are the babies who are more likely to be independent eaters and less likely to be picky eaters. Those of you with older children know that the truth is that all babies will develop some degree of picky eating. It generally starts in the second year of life. But here's the deal. If your baby has a hundred foods under his or her belt by the time he turns one and you lose 10 or 15 of those foods to picky eating in that second year of life, no big deal, right? Your baby still has 85 or 90 foods that he or she will eat. You're cool. For the babies who only have 10 or 15 foods under their belt by the time they turn one, if they lose those 10 or 15 foods to picky eating in the second year of life, that becomes a very, very challenging child to feed. So it's the underlying rationale for the whole 100 First Foods program is to give your baby the opportunity to learn how to eat a wide variety of foods and flavors and tastes and textures. It helps them developmentally. It helps them from a nutrition and growth standpoint. It helps you because you're getting to a point where your baby can start eating modified versions of the same foods the rest of the family eats. Again, there's so many benefits to this whole 100 First Foods approach. And if you want to check it out, come join the program at 100firstfoods.com. I'd love to work with you and your baby or babies to help you guys push your baby's palate past those simple starter foods. So let's go ahead and get started with food number one for CHOP today. We are talking about apples, all right? What do you want to do for apples? You do want to core the apple. You do want to peel the apple. The way I like to do apples for baby led weaning is I make soft baked apples cinnamon apples or poached cinnamon apples. I basically 
core the apple, peel it, cut it into slices, put it in a Dutch oven or a pan on top of the oven or the stove rather, put a little bit of water in there, cover it with a lid. You can add cinnamon before or after, it doesn't really matter. And then I just simmer it lightly for about 10 minutes until the apples are fork tender. We don't want any crispy foods for babies. Now, if you keep cooking that apple, then you make applesauce, which is wonderful. You can also serve your baby applesauce. You can do baby led weaning with a pureed food like an unsweetened applesauce if you preload the spoon for your baby. So if you're doing applesauce, you put the applesauce on the spoon, hand the baby spoon to your baby, handle side first. You may have to help guide the baby's spoon to mouth at first, but your baby will pick up the hang of feeding themselves pretty quickly. But you can also do those soft cinnamon cooked apples. You can add nutmeg, you can add cinnamon, you can add lots of different flavors, but the key is you want to make sure they're soft and they're so easy to do on the stovetop. So that's one thing you do want to do. What do you not want to do with apples? Okay, my goal when teaching baby led weaning, especially if you're doing a wide variety of foods, like a hundred different foods, is to make sure you're offering those foods safely. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit betterhelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. So we don't want to offer babies sweetened applesauce. Okay, no added sugars for babies age two and under. And if you go to the store and you look at applesauce, if you're not prone or inclined to be reading your labels, it can be a little bit confusing. I remember one time my brother-in-law went to the grocery store and he texted me like, do you need anything? And he has six kids. I have seven, he has six. And so I'm like, yeah, you're going to the store? Like, heck yeah. Can you get me some unsweetened applesauce? He texted me 20 minutes later. He's like, I have been standing in the applesauce aisle. There's no such thing as unsweetened applesauce. I don't know. You made it up. I was like, oh, it's not actually called unsweetened applesauce at the grocery store. So if you're not going to like make your own applesauce and you're going to buy it, which is fine. It's just the absence of sugar in the ingredient list that makes an applesauce unsweetened. So if you look at the packages, they sometimes even within the same brand, they'll look like identical. You have to flip it over, read the ingredient list. One will just say apples and ascorbic acid, which ascorbic acid is just vitamin C. You know, if you cut apples and you expose them to oxygen after a while, they turn brown. But if you use vitamin C, which is an antioxidant, so it prevents that oxidative browning. That's why in commercial food preparation, they'll add vitamin C to apple slices so they don't, don't turn brown. They add it to applesauce as well. So it's like, there's something called ascorbic acid in here. I don't think babies should have that. Like, no, it's fine for babies to have. It's just vitamin C. What you don't want is apples, sugar, and ascorbic acid. So it's the absence of sugar in the ingredient list that you're looking for. There's some naturally occurring sugar, of course, in apples from fructose, which is fruit sugar, and that's fine for babies to have. Just make sure that the applesauce that you're buying doesn't have added sugar, all right? If you're interested in the exact recipe for 
the cinnamon spiced apples I just mentioned. I have an ebook called The Quick Start Guide to Baby Led Weaning. It's got the cinnamon spiced apples plus a few of my other favorite combination food recipes. So once you get past those simple starter foods, when you start combining textures, The Quick Start Guide to Baby Led Weaning has that. And I'll go ahead and link to that ebook. It's a 16 page ebook jam packed with everything you need to get a safe start to solid foods. That'll be on the show notes for this episode, which is at blwpodcast.com forward slash 65. So the first food for CHOP today is apples. The second one, we do a new fruit each week. We just did that. It's apples. The next one, we do a new vegetable each week. On day two, Tuesday, I like to introduce babies to a new vegetable. Butternut squash is the one I got a lot of questions from parents about. So let's talk about what you do do for butternut squash and what you don't do. Okay. Now, disclaimer, butternut squash I am not a big fan of convenience foods. So like buying fruits and vegetables that are already prepped, sometimes they cost two, three times as much to do the work that I could have just done in my kitchen. The exception is butternut squash. I am a sucker for butternut squash that's already been peeled and cut for me in those convenient packages in the produce section. So you can definitely take your own whole butternut squash if you want to. I think if you can find spears of cut butternut squash, great. One thing you want to avoid is stay away from the little tiny cubes of pre-cut butternut squash, especially early on. If your baby is six or seven months of age and doesn't have his or her pincer grasp yet, they're not going to be able to pick up really tiny cubed pieces of a vegetable if it's a cooked vegetable. So we don't want the baby to like get it in their fat little baby hand and then not be able to get it into their mouth. That's what happens before they have their pincer grasp. That's why we offer longer strips of soft cooked foods for baby led weaning that are about the size of your adult pinky finger. So let's say you are super mom and you've decided to do your own butternut squash. You buy the butternut squash or you pick it out of your garden if that's you, which if it is, you're amazing. Cut it in half. I personally always struggle cutting. No matter how good my knives are, a bigger butternut squash is sometimes really hard to cut. So I kind of choose the smaller ones. Cut it in half, scoop the seeds out, put the seeds to the side. We're going to talk about them in a second. Either way, you can put the butternut squash, the two pieces, either whole side up or whole side down. It doesn't really matter. But what I always do is lather the flesh side, so the cut side of the butternut squash with a lot of oil. Okay, so you preheat your oven, let's say 375 or 400 degrees. You can do it lower if you want, but it takes longer. So I always go higher and faster because for babies, they don't really know. And I think usually short odd time, but you get your butternut squash ready to go in the oven, lather it with a lot of oil. What kind of oil? I like to choose oils that are mostly unsaturated fats. So I love olive oil. I do a lot of avocado oil for baby led weaning. Avocado oil has a really high smoke point, meaning that when you're frying like fritters or patties to make it into a size that the baby can handle, the oil rather is not going to burn. You're not going to get that acrid smell. Avocado oil has one of the highest smoke points of oils. Peanut oil is another good one. But for avocado oil, I use that a lot for baby led weaning because again, it's mostly unsaturated fat, which are the good fats. And then also It has a really mild, pleasing flavor, but a super high smoke point. The brand that I use is one called Primal Kitchen. There's two sizes of avocado oil on Primal Kitchen. If you go to, I think it's primalkitchen.com, I buy them online. You can use the code Ferraro10 for 10% off if you need to order yourself a lot of avocado oil, but use a lot of fat when you're cooking, especially vegetables for babies, because fat provides extra calories, which your baby's slowly getting to the point where they're going to be getting more nutrition from the foods and less from their milk. But It also provides a lot of that mouthfeel, which is pleasurable to us as humans when we're eating high fat foods, but also lubricates and makes things nice and moist. I think it enhances the flavor of roasted vegetables as well. So you've got your butternut squash cut in half. You've lathered it with a bunch of oil, pop it in the oven 
cook it until it's fork tender. So you, again, you don't want any crunchy or crispy parts of foods that we serve to baby. You can peel the butternut squash before or after you roast it. I personally find it such a pain to peel a raw butternut squash. So I'll wait till it's cooked, then let it cool slightly. And then you can even just peel the skin off with your finger. I sometimes end up using a knife. Again, if you buy the pre-packaged butternut squash, um, I know Trader Joe's, a lot of you guys shop there. They do have butternut squash cut in like, it almost looks like crinkle cut fries. That's a great size for babies. If you think about the size of like a big French fry or an adult's pinky finger, that's wonderful for baby led weaning. So that's how you do do butternut squash. Offer it to your baby. They'll smush it up, squish it up. If you're not comfortable doing the soft solid strips of foods yet, you can always puree or mash the really soft cooked butternut squash with some breast milk or some formula and put it on that preloaded spoon and offer it to the baby. If the whole preloaded spoon thing is new to you, the last episode that I did had all about how to preload a baby led weaning spoon. Dawn Winkleman, who I co-teach the 100 First Foods program with, she came on, she actually designed the tiny spoon for easy peasy. She's walking you step-by-step how to do the preloaded spoon technique for baby led weaning if you're offering your baby purees. That's the previous episode. So if you go to blwpodcast.com forward slash 64, you can learn more about that. And again, Dawn and I co-teach the 100 First Foods approach, the digital program that we have together that's now open for enrollment up until October 18th of 2020. If you go to 100firstfoods.com, you can learn more about that. So now you've got one new fruit, that's apple, one new vegetable, it's butternut squash. Oh, I wanted to add what you avoid for butternut squash. We don't feed the seeds to the baby, okay? You can roast and clean and dry and roast the seeds for yourself and salt them or add cumin or chili powder, but we don't give crunchy seeds to babies early on. Some parents will then grind up the pumpkin seeds and add a bunch of oil and kind of make like your own seed paste. And that's fine to do, again, provided that there are no intact crunchy seed parts. Um, That's not an appropriate texture for an early eater. Now, a question I get a lot about squash is if you introduce your baby to one squash, is it like one food? Or if you do butternut squash, is that one food? And then you do acorn squash, is that another food? So if you do my 100 First Foods program, you'll note there's butternut squash is listed as one food. It's actually day seven. Chayote squash, for example, is day 42. That's a totally different flavor and texture, even though it's technically a squash. So I do have two different squashes in the program, but you could sub acorn for butternut. There's a lot of different squashes depending upon what part of the world you're in. It's one of the beauties of the 100 First Foods program is that the foods are flexible. We start with 20 different vegetables, but I show you how you can swap similar foods if you're not able to get them. So if you're on Instagram, you can get kind of a little bit of an insight as to what the program looks like. If you go to day seven for me on my 100 First Foods program, my Instagram is at team. If you check the highlights up top, I have little snippets of how you can safely food feed your baby butternut squash so you can see some of those things I just talked about in person and see babies eating it. But if you scroll to day 42, I did chayote squash there and you can see about how that's a little bit of a different food that you would feed your baby. And I wait a little bit longer to do a food like chayote compared to butternut squash. And again, that's on Instagram at baby led wean team. Day seven is butternut squash. Day 42 is chayote squash. I'll link to everything because I'm kind of covering a lot of ground in today's episode. I'll put it all in the show notes for this episode at blwpodcast.com forward slash 65. And you can link out to these different foods if you want to check them out. So let's move on to food number three of Chopped. We're talking about teff. Teff, if you've never heard of it, it's a whole grain. On the first day of the week, I do a new fruit. The second day, we do a new vegetable. The third day, we do a new starchy food. Okay, starches, carbohydrate foods are incredibly important for babies. They serve as the primary source of your baby's energy or calories. 
but we don't want to get stuck on refined white grains like pasta and rice and other white bread products. So the 100 First Foods program has a list of 20 different starchy foods, many of which are whole grains and one of which is teff. Now I'm highlighting teff today because someone who's actually in the program is like, I need more info about teff. I've never even heard of it. So if you've ever had Ethiopian food, teff is well known as the base of injera bread. So it's the spongy Ethiopian flatbread. Teff is a gluten-free whole grain. It's native to the Horn of Africa. It's not so prevalent in Western food culture, but very well known in Africa. It's also called the traditional grain of Ethiopia. The way I do teff for babies is I make teff burgers. So I get a lot of my whole grains from Bob's Red Mill. So a lot of the parents and the caregivers in the 100 First Foods program, they just kind of order a lot of the whole grains from Bob's Red Mill. They feed a little bit to their baby. And they're like, gosh, I have this like pound of whole grain left. What can I do with it? So I always share a number of different recipes. You could really adapt any Teff recipe to make it safe for babies. But I like the Teff burgers recipe. It just always omit the salt. I'll go ahead and link to that recipe, but it's basically you reconstitute or you use hot water. You cook this grain once it's cooked and kind of cool. You work it into a patty with some different flavors, and then you can cut it in strips, again, about the size of your adult pinky finger and serve it to your baby. This one is not very aesthetically pleasing. Like even the best food photographer could not make Teff burgers look nice. They don't look beautiful, but babies don't care, which is beautiful. So you could do Teff, the actual whole grain. You can also do Teff flour. I've worked with parents who make pancakes out of Teff flour. It's a great whole grain because it's quite high in iron as most whole grains are. So even though it's a plant-based source of iron, and we know that plant-based iron is not as well absorbed by the body as animal sources are, it's still a wonderful food because it does contain iron. There's also zinc in there. There's carbohydrates. There's fiber in there. So there's a lot of benefits to eating whole grains besides just knocking them off the list of the 20 different whole grains that you're trying. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So again, that's Teff. I love to do Teff burgers. I'll link to the Bob's Red Mill Teff burger recipe at the show notes for this page at blwpodcast.com forward slash 65. So I'd love for you to try either teff or teff flour as a way to introduce your baby to a new whole grain. But what I don't want you to do is get stuck in the pasta, potato, and rice rut. Pasta, potato, and rice are fine on occasion, but too often they become the only carbohydrates that parents are serving their babies. In the 100 First Foods program, I have 20 different starchy foods that you can safely introduce to your baby so you don't need to get stuck in the pasta, potato, and rice rut. And if you're curious about some of the other whole grains that are in the 100 First Foods program, we've got wheat germ in there. There's polenta, quinoa, frica, bulgur, millet, barley. We've got tons of information from both me and Dawn about how to safely serve your baby these foods. We also do kamut, we do buckwheat, we do farro. We even show you how to safely do bread. Bread's a tricky one. A lot of parents think you can serve bread early on for baby led weaning, and you certainly shouldn't from both a sodium standpoint, but also because it can be a choking hazard. So Dawn focuses on how to reduce choking risk in the program. I do a lot of the focus on the nutrition side. Again, check out the 100 First Foods field guide at 100firstfoods.com 
if you want to learn more. So there you have it. That's the third new food. It's the starchy food. It's Teff. Let's move on to the fourth food of the week. Every week we do five new foods, fruit on Monday, a new vegetable on Tuesday, a new starch on Wednesday, and a new protein food on Thursday. The food for the chopped episode today is pork. Now there's some do's and don'ts for pork. Let's start out with the don'ts, okay? If your family does eat animal foods and if you do eat pork, you wanna avoid the cuts of pork that have the word loin or sirloin in them, okay? Especially if you're not like very proficient at cooking pork, you will always dry those ones out. And when I say dry, we know that loin and sirloin, when you see those words in the name of the cut, it means these are the leanest meats like pork tenderloin or sirloin or loin chop. And because those cuts come from the muscle or the leanest part of the animal and they have no fat, that means they're more dry, okay? Now, even if you're a good cook, you know that the lower fat meats are going to be more dry than the fattier cuts. And so what we do want to do with baby led weaning is offer babies the fattier cuts of pork because more fat equates to more moisture and more moisture equals less choking risk when your baby is just learning how to eat. So one of my favorite cuts of meat for pork, especially is pork butt. Ironically, a pork butt is actually pork shoulder. So depending upon where you are regionally, at least in the United States, sometimes you'll see pork butt, sometimes you'll see pork shoulder. Pork terms definitely do vary, but the point is this is a very high fat cut of meat, very versatile cut. You For a pork shoulder, you can make it like a pot roast. You can do it whole in a slow cooker. I, one of my favorite ways to introduce babies to pork is using a pork shoulder to make carnitas for babies. So you can do pulled pork. Uh, once the baby moves into combination foods, I love to use it for pozole. There's lots and lots of applications of pork shoulder and it's so inexpensive because it's a super high fat cut of meat. So even though it has a lot of fat and a lot of saturated fat, the fat equates to moisture that helps reduce the baby's choking hazard down the road when your baby becomes a toddler and a child more proficient at chewing. You can mess around with the different cuts that you use, but starting early on, just do the fattier ones if you can. Now, a pork shoulder is also used for making ground pork. So if you feel more comfortable starting with ground meats, you can use the ground pork in meatballs, for example, and you can cut the meatballs into a size that you would then serve to the baby you just want to make sure that you minimize the salt. And here's a pro tip. If you are doing ground pork and you're making meatballs, if your meatball recipe calls for breadcrumbs, I always suggest using panko, Japanese style breadcrumbs, because panko is lower in salt than traditional breadcrumbs are. And we certainly want to minimize salt for baby led weaning. So, but if you're working with a whole pork shoulder, here's a super easy recipe. You just take the pork shoulder, you put it in a slow cooker, add one cup of low sodium broth, cover and cook it until the pork is really tender. So it's usually about six to eight hours on low or four to five hours on high. I do think lower and longer makes it much more tender and flavorful, but of course you don't always have time. So then you can crank it up to high if you need to. But what you do is you basically shred that pork and offer soft shredded strips of cooked meat for your baby to suck on. Even early on, you can give it within the first few weeks of baby led weaning. They're not gonna do a lot of chewing and swallowing and that's fine. You give them ample time to explore that food, there is some iron transfer that does occur even if they're just sucking on it. They're exploring the new flavor. They're exploring the new taste. They're exploring the new texture. And then as they learn how to do their munch chew and then eventually their rotary chew, again, these are all developmental progressions that will come as your baby becomes more proficient in eating. Dawn, who I co-teach the program with, she does a great job in the 100 First Foods program of explaining how your baby learns how to eat. But early on, you still can be offering meats as well. And I think pork shoulder is a wonderful one to do. So what do you not want to do? I generally do not do bacon for babies early on. 
when parents and families are celebrating their baby's hundredth first food, a lot of time they will actually do bacon as the hundredth food. And I love that because by the time your baby's had a hundred foods, like bacon is a sometimes food, that's fine. It's certainly a food that an older baby could handle in certain forms, but we don't want to start babies out on a super high sodium food like bacon. So I wouldn't put bacon high up in the list of pork foods I feed a baby, but a little bit now and then, especially once they have the hang of feeding, is perfectly fine. And if you're like totally freaked out by this idea of babies eating meat early on, in our 100 First Foods program, we walk you through how to safely prepare lamb. It's actually usually the first meat that I'll feed babies within the first week of baby led weaning. Turkey, chicken, beef, even liver, an amazing source of iron. Again, you could check out all of the 20 different meats in the 100 First Foods program by going to 100firstfoods.com. So there you have it. That's pork. That's food number four. Let's do shellfish. Shellfish is the fifth food in this chopped episode. And shellfish is one of the big eight allergenic foods. Now, the eight allergenic foods are the eight foods that account for about 90% of food allergy. I find that most parents struggle the most with shellfish, and it's probably because you're not as inclined to cooking shellfish as you are some of the other allergenic foods like eggs or peanuts. So there's no reason why you can't do shellfish early on. It just tends to be one of the allergenic foods that I'll wait a little bit longer for. So in the 100 First Foods program, we do one new allergenic food per week. So every Friday, starting in the first week of baby led weaning, you do one of the allergenic foods. So at the end of eight weeks, you've done the big eight. We also include sesame as number nine. Sesame is not one of the big eight, but sesame allergy certainly is on the rise. So we show you how to safely prepare sesame as well. But I generally do shellfish as number eight. So you've got to think your baby's been eating food for about eight weeks at this point. Somewhere in the eight month mark is where most babies are by then. And they're generally pretty proficient with self-feeding by then. So I love to do shrimp as a way to introduce baby to shellfish. There's lots of other ways you can safely do it. And we show you how to do that in the 100 First Foods program. But for shrimp, I recommend not offering your baby whole pieces of shrimp. As a rubbery textured food, it can be particularly challenging. So especially if you're doing a little bit earlier on when your baby is six or seven months, some parents want to do shellfish right out of the gate and that's fine. I like to cut the shrimp up or process it in a food processor and then incorporate it into a patty or a fritter that I then fry and cut into strips that babies can self-feed. So one of my favorite ways to do that is Thai-style shrimp cakes. I actually have a recipe for that that I'll link to for you guys. It's an Instagram story. But if you go to the show notes for this episode, blwpodcast.com forward slash 65, you can click on the link to learn how to make Thai-style shrimp cakes, which work great for baby led weaning. You just don't want to add any additional sodium or high sodium sauces, you can add it for yourself if you want to. But I think your baby will love those and you will love them as well. So there you have it, the five chopped foods for today that we just covered, the new fruit apple, the new vegetable butternut squash, the new starchy food teff, the new protein food pork, and the new challenge food was shellfish. I did another chopped episode, episode 59, where I did tofu, parsnips, pineapple core, greens, and bell peppers if you want to check that out. But again, you can go to the show notes for this episode at blwpodcast.com forward slash 65 to find all of the references for all the different foods that I talked about today. And if you'd like to join the 100 First Foods program, it's a digital program that my colleague, Miss Dawn SLP, and I co-teach. Enrollment is open in that program from now until October 18th. Go to 100firstfoods.com to learn more. Don and I do a live BLW Q&A every single week inside of that group for the eight weeks that the program is running. So we're there to help answer any of your questions that you have 
about feeding your baby these hundred different foods safely with baby led weaning. You've got two baby led weaning experts at your disposal. We'd love to work with you and your baby. Again, 100firstfoods.com to get signed up today. Thanks so much for listening. And thanks for all of the great ideas of different foods to include in this chopped episode. Bye now. Bye now. 